it's great to be here. It's great to be back at 9.30. Um, I was reflecting, it's pretty much 20 years to the day since my husband and I first arrived at Holy Trinity Claygate. And for most of those 20 years, uh, we were here at the 9.30 service. Um, somehow, we ended up with three kids, all of whom are pre-teen and teen. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but that does explain why we've migrated to the 6.30 service. But it's great to be here this morning. It's also great to be continuing our sermon series as we explore these five values that flow from our purpose as a church, which is to encounter, celebrate, and share God's transforming love. Now, these values sort of sit under a big umbrella of two things. The great command from Matthew 22, where Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourselves. And the great commandment from Matthew 28 is to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, those two verses, that umbrella, there's the sort of the threads that are going to weave through everything we do as a church, both this year and beyond. Now, the value that we're looking at today is all involved. All involved in welcome, worship, mission, and ministry, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And our passage today... Jesus calling his first disciples is effectively Jesus' first invitation to others to get involved in his mission, purpose, and values. So we're going to explore what we can learn from this lakeside encounter to prepare, encourage, and equip us to get involved, both here in Claygate and wherever we find ourselves in the week ahead and beyond. So let's, let's begin by exploring this passage and see how specifically Jesus invites Simon to get involved and how Simon responds to that invitation. And believe you me, there is a lot going on, on the shore, in the boat, and out in the deep water. So we read a little earlier that Jesus has begun his public ministry, teaching and healing and, and doing plenty of miracles, and the crowds are being drawn to him. So much so that just at the back end of chapter 4, they're all trying to keep hold of him. They don't want him to leave. But Jesus reaffirms his mission, saying, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because this is why I was sent. He is incredibly focused on his purpose. Next stop is Lake Galilee. It's much easier to say than the version in the Bible. They're the same thing. Uh, and after some lakeside teaching with the crowds building, Jesus gets into Simon's boat. Now, we could simply say that he just wanted to create a bit more space for the ever-growing crowd. But I think we have to conclude that given Jesus' focus, he knew exactly what he was doing. He gets into Simon's boat, right into his world, his livelihood, his comfort zone first before he speaks to him. Now, back on the shore, after a long, fruitless night of fishing, Simon is doing the all-important task of cleaning the nets. Now, these enormous nets were vital to his livelihood, and not cleaning them would lead them likely to be dirty or even rot, and both of which would make them very ineffective for the next fishing trip. 
Then Jesus, the carpenter, tells Simon, the fisherman, with his clean nets, to get back in the boat and to go and start fishing by day, pretty much the worst time of day to go fishing, to get a big load of fish. I mean, it's almost not laughable, really, when you think about it. Now, Simon makes a bit of a point, but he addresses Jesus as master. And so he recognizes his authority, and he was both willing to listen and obey. And notice that Jesus doesn't say, come on, should we have another go? Should we can see if, if maybe we'd be a bit more lucky this time around? No, he makes a command. Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. There's certainty there. And it was quite a catch, a catch of such magnitude that Simon hadn't seen such a thing before. But you know what? The fish were not as important as the recognition that they brought Simon, that he was in the presence of the Lord. Suddenly, he sees Jesus for who he is, and he sees himself for who he is too. And he humbles himself before Jesus and assumes that his sin will keep him separated from God. But Jesus simply showers him with assurance and grace. And then, not a question, but a bold statement. From now on, you will catch men. And women and children. I'm going to stick to biblical language though, so forgive me if I keep using men. Now, Jesus met Simon where he was, on his home turf. He revealed himself to Simon in the things of his everyday life, and he drew him to him with grace and an invitation to get involved. Back on the shore, Simon and his fellow fishermen then leave everything and follow him. They leave that enormous catch. They leave the tools of the trade. They leave their livelihood and their families, and they start to preach the gospel. Jesus then names Simon Peter, the rock on which he will build his church. Now, at this stage, Peter certainly didn't have all the answers. His faith was at times unsteady, But his personal encounter with Jesus had opened his eyes and his heart to want to follow him. And despite the highs and the lows of his time alongside Jesus, we see Peter live up to his name in Acts chapter 2, when on the day of Pentecost he preaches and 3,000 people come to faith. So what does this miraculous lakeside encounter teach us about Jesus' invitation to us all to get involved in his mission today and how as a church can we live out our value of all involved in welcome, worship, mission and ministry. I'm going to suggest four things. First of all, Jesus invites us all to be involved as we are where we are. You see, Peter was an ordinary chap Family man, running a small business with his friends to earn a living. He didn't then go on to preach with huge, powerful words, but from the experience of a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Now, his working life had taught him resilience, patience, teamwork, looking after the tools of the trade, being in the right place at the right time to get a catch. 
And he simply used all of those skills in his ministry, both alongside Jesus and after Jesus' ascension. He didn't need to be anyone other than himself. But he did need Jesus to call him, nurture him, and equip him to bring others to faith. It wasn't a perfect faith with all the answers before he got involved, but it was an authentic faith with a real heart transformation. But Peter was called on home turf, as he was and where he was. And like Peter, I don't think we have to have our faith all wrapped up to serve Jesus. It's okay to still to have questions. It's okay to still to have struggles to get involved because Jesus loves us as we are. And that's the beauty of grace. And like Peter, Jesus calls us on home turf, right where we are, to serve him and to reach out to others. Now, Peter did step out of his everyday life to follow Jesus, as some are called to do today. But for most of us, Jesus calls us to fish right where we are. And not only that, you are the best person to fish where you are. Now, the conditions may not be perfect, but we can trust that God has put us where we are, as we are, for his purposes. Sometimes it's just about being a little bit more attentive to what's going on around us and a whole lot more prayerful before we rush into the busyness of each day. We too are called to fish for men. And we only need to look within our families, our friendship groups, our schools, communities and workplaces to find those who don't yet know the love of Jesus. I just want to tell you about this week. This week I had three encounters that surprised me and certainly kept me on my toes. But all of which were little fish encounters. A school mum at a coffee morning, a friend on a dog walk, and a woman I bumped into at the shops. Little conversations where I got a little bit from each of them about their lives. But in each of those conversations, it was clear that they were all unconsciously searching for something more life-giving. A bit of happiness, identity, answers to some questions. Two of those encounters gave me the opportunity to share a little of the gospel and a little of the reality of faith in my life. And one of those encounters, very brief, just prompted me to pray for that person. I didn't have to go anywhere different or be anywhere different to come across the fish. Jesus calls us all to be involved as we are and where we are. Secondly, Jesus invites us all to be involved in community. Because Peter couldn't haul in that great catch of fish without the help of his friends, such as the size of it. And neither can we. We were designed to live and serve in community. And as Peter and his fellow disciples embarked upon their ministry with Jesus, they adopted a model of gathered and sent. So the disciples would gather with Jesus to receive teaching, to watch him in action, to eat, to pray together. And then he would send them out to preach the good news themselves before gathering them back together to refresh and recharge. And that's a model for us to apply 
because we need to receive together in order to give out, to be fed by Jesus and each other in order to go out and catch the fish. So I'd like to think of ourselves here at HTC as both gathered and sent. Because church is more than just this building or what happens in it. It's the fellowship of believers who serve as Jesus' hands and feet on the ground. So when we're gathered here on a Sunday, we come together to worship, to pray, to explore scripture, and to minister to each other so that we can be nourished, encouraged, and equipped then to head out as the sent church from Monday to Saturday to live as distinctive daily disciples wherever we are and whatever we do. Now, when we all gather, we're all involved here on a very practical level. Uh, And of course, for us all to be worshipping here this morning, many, many people have already been involved. Welcoming us on the door, preparing coffee, looking after the children, phoning news sheets, putting words on the screen, playing, you name it. The list goes on. But we're more than that. Our involvement goes beyond that. Because this morning's teaching, this passage, is not simply a call, you'll be relieved, for more names on rotors. We're a family. We're members of the same Heavenly Father. And when we gather, we minister to each other too. We care for each other. We offer words of encouragement and support We offer that practical help of lifts, hospitality. We minister to each other. And the ministry of this church family has been such a blessing to me and my family over the past 20 years. To have people who I can turn to for wisdom and advice in difficult times. People who have supported Nick and I as we raised three growing children. People who have offered their homes here for food and fellowship. So we are all involved in community as the gathered church, but we are all involved in community as the sent church too. I just want to share a few statistics with you. This is now not the time to fall asleep because I've mentioned some number crunching. Let's listen to some figures. As church attenders, we are probably part of only 10% of the population today who will choose to gather and worship on a Sunday. Of the members of the Church of England... Only 2% are ordained. 98% are not. And when we go out as the sent church from Monday to Saturday, two-thirds of the non-Christian adults and over half of the young people we are out and about with know a practicing Christian. And that person is most likely to be a friend or a family member. So what do the stats tell us? Well, I think they tell us a couple of things. Firstly, that although we are in the minority of the population when we gather, as the sent church, we're highly visible. Whether we are talking about our faith or living distinctly, the fish around us are noticing. And secondly, reaching out to the fish in the unchurched sea is not just the job of those who we might think are the qualified. It's a calling for all of us. And praise God that we have the support and encouragement of each other to live out that calling. So we are both gathered and sent. And I just have a little health warning around this. Because if we spend all our energy being purely gathered, there's a little bit of a risk that we become a sort of cosy members club. And then if we throw all our energy out into Monday and Saturday, 
and perhaps don't give that time to our midweek fellowship or our Sunday worship, there's a risk of us being a little bit burnt out. So we need to gather to be topped up, but recognize that we are sent out amongst the fish. And that leads on to my third point, that in order to be effective fishers of men, we need to keep our nets clean. Now, Peter and his fellow fishermen understood the importance of a clean net, which is why Jesus finds them completing this task after a very long, exhausting, fruitless night at sea. In fact, the fishermen probably spent more time cleaning and preparing their nets before they went out and tidying them up afterwards than they actually spent fishing. That is how important it was. Because if the nets weren't clean, they would either rot and big holes would develop in them, so the fish are just going to swim right through, or the net would remain dirty. And a dirty net was a whole lot more visible in the sea, so the fish would swim in the opposite direction. We see Peter, when he first responds to Jesus after that miraculous catch of fish, first and foremost see the rot and the dirt in his own life his sin. Now, by grace, we are all loved in spite of our sin. But I think there's a message here about the importance of us looking after ourselves spiritually, physically, and emotionally in order to live distinctively Christian lives. To be mindful of those habitual sins that can creep back in. To make time to be with God and to be with each other. To be disciplined in repentance, prayer, and worship. Because if we don't look after ourselves we too can become ineffective fishers like those dirty nets. So remember those watching fish and our visibility. If our lives look exactly like theirs, if Jesus doesn't seem to make much difference, if there's nothing distinctive, then the unchurched fish are either going to slip through the gaps, carry on as they are, or they're going to consciously swim away from us and from Jesus. Dirt can really cling, so we need to loosen it. We need to loosen those things of the past that we struggle to let go of when we doubt ourselves or the transforming power of Jesus in our lives. Peter ultimately left his nets and everything to follow Jesus, and I think we can see this figuratively for ourselves. To be prepared to loosen and leave behind everything that gets in the way of us following Jesus and sharing him. We are loved as we are by the grace of God, but to fish effectively, we need to keep our nets clean. But finally, and most importantly, we need to remember that Jesus is involved with us. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus didn't call Peter from the shore, tell him to get in the boat and tell him to fish on his own. Neither did Jesus get into the other boat and say, look, I'll meet you out there, or you go first, and and I'll see you in a minute. No. Jesus was already in Peter's boat before he called him. He was right in the midst of Peter's everyday life and right there in the deep water before he asked big things of him. And Jesus is already in the boat ahead of us. He's in the car He's on the bus, he's on the train, he's in the school, in the office, at the shops, in our homes. And so when we put out into deep water, 
we are doing so with him by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Jesus asked Peter to put out into deep water to fish. Deep water sounds scary, but actually it was known territory for Peter. That's where he spent all his time. So it wasn't necessarily a scary step into the unknown for him. Instead, he was heading into familiar waters, but this time in obedience to Jesus and letting Jesus be in control. Jesus is asking us all to put out into deep water. And for most of us, that doesn't involve anything scary or unfamiliar. But it will call us to live our everyday lives more distinctly, prayerfully, and obediently. So I'd like us just to pause for a moment and think. What does putting out into deep water look like for you this time tomorrow? What will you be doing? Who will be around you? What can you be praying about? Who can you be praying for? What is Jesus asking you to get involved with for him? Because Jesus is in the boat with you. And he promises by his Holy Spirit to be with you, to give you those opportunities to be his hands and his feet, and even give you the words to say. So will you take up the command to put out into deep water and fish for men? Now, the sign of the fish, ichthus, has been a symbol of the Christian faith for years. And in fact, ichthus, as the word, is a combination of letters. And each of those Greek letters within the word ichthus are the first letters of the following words. Jesus Christ, God's Son, Saviour. And in that lakeside encounter, Peter experienced the power of the Saviour. And he gave his life to follow Jesus and to love others. And if we have experienced the love of God's Son in our life, then he calls us to be who we are, where we are, and share that love with others, supported by a loving church family and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Perhaps some of us are still on the shore. Perhaps we are the interested inquirers, still considering who Jesus is uh, and wondering what he's up to, and are yet to dip our toes in the water. We would love to chat and pray with you this morning. If, if you feel that now is the time to get more involved with Jesus, do please pray with one of our team later because Jesus is already in the boat. Now, we, the gathered, will soon be sent out. Uh, and my prayer for us is this. Lord, may we see your transforming power afresh in our own lives. May we see the potential of the catch around us. May we be affirmed that you have put us in the places where you want us to be involved. And may we be obedient to your call to put out into deep water and fish. As you leave church, there's a whole load of these little fish stickers by the back of the door. I'd love you to grab one if you want to. Stick it on. It's a little reminder of this calling to us all to put out into deep water. And it's a reminder, too, of the constant presence of Jesus Christ, God's Son, Saviour, in your boat, wherever you are. Amen.